Hello and welcome to a special access episode of the Chichester Festival Theatre Podcast. I'm George Bailey and I'll be your host for this edition, where we'll be delving into touch tours and audio-described performances, what they are and what they offer for our audiences. So sit back, relax and enjoy what we have in store for you. So I'm here with Bridget Norman, who is a registered blind theatre goer and an honorary Chichester Festival Theatre audience member. To be honest, Bridget, you uh, you come to a lot here, don't you? I have been to quite a few. Yeah. yeah. It's always lovely to see. You. It's always lovely to see. You. And um, she is the digital content producing intern for Living Painting Trust, and she has done freelance work as an audio producer for Vocalize. So we're just going to talk a bit about touch tours and. Uh, Access Performance is here at Church Festival Theatre. Um, for those that aren't aware, could you just talk us through a touch tour and audio described performance? Right, so it usually starts with the touch tour. So you'll arrive and the describers and theatre manager team will take um, all of the blind and partial sighted people that want to go on the touch tour, usually onto the stage, explore the props and the costumes sometimes. The actors might even come onto the stage and be in costume sometimes, which is always very exciting. That will be just about half an hour or so before the performance where you'll be able to just explore all those things. And then the introductory notes happen before the description starts, which is just a described introduction to the set and the characters and the costumes and just who wears what and who's who in the play. And then the live description happens during the performance. And that's just similar to where it's in films and things. So somebody will be sitting up in a little box somewhere describing live what's happening and what's the action and what's going on. And it, yeah, it really makes such, such a big difference to the experience. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible that they do it live. Like, that must be such a a skill to have to hone to try and sort of describe something live. Yeah, I think it's very brave. (laughs) Yes, very brave. (laughs) Yeah, they have seen the play before and they do write a script, but it does mean that if something happens impromptu or something goes wrong, Mm. that they can adapt to that more easily. So how do touch tours impact your theatre-going experience? Do you think you'd interact with theatre as much without the accessibility that touch tours and audio description both add? I think they are so, so important. I mean, such a wonderful thing. I, I often come back thinking, the touch tour, that was just, that was the thing that, that connects me most to the performance and kind of anchors me. And when I remember a performance, I often remember it via the touch tour. And, you know, the actors themselves, obviously, they're a huge, huge part of it. They make such a big difference. I mean, no, no one can describe a costume that they're wearing or no one can describe a prop that's important, kind of better than an actor that is actually going to use that prop. You know, that they're going to have so many stories about, oh, this went wrong and, you know, an occasion when this happened and they can kind of bring it to life so much more. Um, I mean, there's no more intimate experience than asking an actor, can I, can I feel your horns? You know, <laughs> there's, just, there's just nothing more than that. Or, you know, bonding with someone because... You know, they, they love people being interested in what they do and kind of engaging with you and kind of showing you in the surprises if they're like, oh, feel this, and you think it's going to be really heavy and it's maybe a gun or something, they're like, oh, it's only made of rubber or plastic, and you know that. And then when you're watching, you think, I know that. The audience <laughs> don't know, but I know this. And it kind of gives you that in-depth knowledge of feeling kind of closer to the, to the action. And you, you look out for things. You know, you'll be in a performance and you'll think, now when's my actor going to appear that I spoke to? And when's this letter that I've seen hidden on this secret ledge, when's it going to be brought out? You know, I think it makes it more believable, Mm. the action, because if I'm watching it 
it sort of breaks the fourth wall for me because it makes me think I can picture exactly where they are, exactly on the set. I can feel the fabric of that costume. I can feel the wood chippings under my feet from when I stood on the stage there. I can. It, it breaks it so much more real than it does if you're just watching it without any tangible physical connection. This might be a bit of an ask, but what do you, um, what was you're the best? Me now, George, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was the best touch tour and audio described performance you've ever been on, and what made it such a success? I think the best is pushing it. I think there have been some great ones for different reasons. I mean, here at Chichester, I've seen Amadeus a few years back. That was really fun as a touch tour. You know, I get to try on Rupert Everett's great big cloak and see how heavy it is, and that's really exciting. And then, but you know, then you've got something like War Horse, which is just, you know, these incredible puppets. And to get them demonstrated, you know, for you, get to really go in and feel where the actor is in relation to the puppet and understand what it's like when they mean inside. You actually get to see, okay, this is what they mean when they feel inside the, the shape and the, the, the wicker work. And, you know, if I hadn't felt them, I wouldn't know what all the fuss was about. Why were they so incredible? I think there's just, there's just so many and they all offer something different. You know, some will be really simple sets, but that still, still offers you something. Like Hedda Gabler has a, had a really minimalist set that I saw last year. But that's still, in the sense that it's supposed to be minimalist, that's interesting. That's still another dimension that I wouldn't have wanted to miss. Mm. So. Finally, what do you think, is there anything at all that arts organisations could be doing more of to make theatre and live performance events uh, more accessible? I think if at all possible, do have a touch door and do provide audio described performances to your run, if they possibly can, because... It really makes all the difference and, you know, there's nothing more frustrating than thinking, oh, I want to see this play, but there isn't the audio described performance available or they're not going to do to do a touch door, particularly if there's something that has really lovely historical costumes, for example, you just think, oh, I'd love to be able to feel those. They sound really exciting or that set sounds really amazing and you just think, I want, I want access to that. So Bridget and I are now going to attend the touch door for the Midnight Gang and the audio described performance, which is currently playing. So uh, we'll meet again after the performance and we'll review the experience. So we're back from watching the audio described performance and being on the touch door of the Midnight Gang. Let's start with the production. What were your thoughts on the production, Bridget? Oh, I thought it was great. Yeah. It was it was a really strong story. <laughs> and I think it was really um, engaging and they had the energy up all the way through. Mm. And I mean, if I was a child at the end of that, I'd be so tired. <laughs> I mean, it was just there's such an amount of, of, of dashing around and, and I'm... You know, the choreographing must have been such fun, especially mm. things like the balloon scene. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. A lot. Mm. I haven't seen a musical for, for a while. I find it really interesting um, because, obviously, as you just said, with all the songs and stuff, how they managed to, with the audio description, sort of interject their bits of, like, narration in the midst of songs. So, like, they'll find, like, the pauses and breaks within the songs and that so that you don't miss anything. Mm. I just, like, that must take such rehearsal to kind of... I think it is an art to have mm. to balance making sure that you don't interrupt the dialogue and you don't interrupt the song. And often that's why they preempt things. So you'll end up... Well, obviously, I wouldn't know that they're preempting, but it, <laughs> having spoken to other people when I've been with, with sighted family members and things, they tend to 
tell you what's happening before it happens mm. because there's dialogue and music over the actual event. So they, they do have to get quite um, nippy at squeezing in phrases and, and simple little things and, and really cut paring it down to the most little amount of words that possibly mm. can describe what you absolutely need. Mm. There's nothing kind of spare and flappy about audio description. It's mm. it's what you need and kind of no more, no less, mm. really. Yeah, because um, it is very sort of, yeah, as you say, it's sort of very minimalist, sort of very basic as, as in terms of this is literally what, what you would be seeing on stage. And the, the way that they refine it down is just incredible because when you think about it, you don't need any more than that. That is literally what is happening on stage. It's designed to make it just that bit easier so that you don't have to be worrying, where are they now? Which room are they in? Mm. Who's speaking? It takes away that worry that you know I would have otherwise about who is this character? Where mm. are we? What are we doing? You know, What's happening? Little details that just make it easier. And coming on to then the touch tours, how was it from your side with that? It was really good. I I have to big shout out to the props department Mm. who (laughs) always do such incredible things. I mean, I loved the bear's head. The polar bear head (laughs) was just lovely. I mean, it's got, you know, really feely with all the pom-poms and, you know, they're telling you, oh, it's made of, you know, different bits you'd find in a hospital. Well, Mm. how would I know that? They Mm. don't have the time on the on the live description to tell me what it's made of. They just say, it's a polar bear. But they can't tell me it has a rubber glove for a nose, which Mm. is just such a fun thing. And the pigeon's box. Now, you'd think it's a cardboard box if you had only heard the description, but having felt the touch door, you know, I know it's got a rug on the floor. I Mm. know that it's got little fake windows around it. You know, it's that level of, of detail and consideration and care to making sure it's as as accurate and interesting and you know most people don't get to see that level of hmm. detail up close. How did this touch draw an audio description compared to others you've experienced um, both both here and at other theatres? I think it's interesting I mean the last play I saw um, was the meeting here at, hmm. at Chichester in the Minerva and I think both these plays are ones where audio description can make a really really big difference. Hmm. I mean with the meeting it's a really intense play I mean, the sign language thread is really important. Mm. And that sounds like stating the obvious, but actually, if I hadn't had the audio description, I wouldn't have had a clue. Mm. I mean, I am at an advantage in there, and in the sense that the describers tell me what they're signing. Mm. They don't just say they're signing, but they tell me the words, mm. which the sighted audience don't necessarily have. They have to guess. I mean, it is hard to compare touch tours because every touch tour is different. Mm. I would say that sometimes they can be more freeform than others so you will go onto the stage and after the introduction you'll kind of wander around under your own steam which can be good if it's busy because mm. you can all spread to different parts of the stage and all go to different things and but it it can be fun to explore it but also sometimes it can be can be good to have it in a more kind of structured way it, i think it depends on how many people if there's lots mm. you're going around in one big group can be quite sort of slow going. And if you, mm. you're, you're like, oh, I want to explore everything at mm. once. And you're like a kid in a sweet shop, really, because you're just like, I want to go everywhere. But you can't see everything. You'd love to. But you've only got, you know, say three key things you know you've got to see. So you've got to be really quite selective mm. about choosing what you what you try and, try and feel. Another thing I noticed was the audio description, because there's quite a lot of visual gags and sort of physical comedy that you sort of, you know, they sort of happen in such a flash. And just the way the audio described it just summed it up in such a, 
a minimalist way that actually listening to it was funnier because it, painting that picture in your head of like oh the matron and the headmaster do a tango now and he dips her down here it's, it's just hilarious hearing someone actually say it yeah it, it, it can make things more more comic I think in mm. a way it's hard harder because I don't I can't imagine what it's like not to happen yeah, yeah. so this is the only way I, I know it mm. but it is it is very much fun I mean they are incredible people they have such care and such dedication I mean all all of the describers that I've met you know here and, and and through my work elsewhere is you know they are such lovely keen people they want nothing more than the best for their people listening but they are very keen to give you the best possible experience and they will try their absolute hardest but no they, they are lovely people and mm. they always help I mean I have have seen a play without audio description I have seen some and they are possible they are they are still enjoyable things but it's just like something's missing and you can't really say what it is, but when you have it, you realise how much you missed it when you didn't have it. Mm. it. It's sort of something you don't necessarily think about, oh, I need this, but it makes such a big tangible difference, I mean, especially when you've got people playing multiple roles. Mm. I mean, some in, they're very lucky in this play, they had high contrast voices, so it was a lot easier to tell. But sometimes they can be quite similar, <laughs> and it can be quite a challenge if you didn't actually mm. know because the person telling you, this person is speaking now, now this person is speaking now, mm. because you go into the land of make-believe to the point where you don't even realise they're the same person, because mm. you're so focused on just that character and this character having the conversation, that that's all that matters. It did help the songs having words which were self-explanatory on occasion, mm. because that did mean that if they couldn't talk over the song, you did at least still have a retain an understanding of what the song was was trying to tell you but it was no it was it was really fun and really interesting and I'd I'd come back again good that's the main thing <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question I'm going to mm. say what difference did it did it make to you having your description as opposed to of having not had it yeah I'd be interested to know if there mm. were things you know were there things you noticed because of it that you wouldn't have picked up I kind of wish I hadn't seen it before we went together because in a way I was sort of preempting what they were going to say so I sort of found myself thinking, oh, Suzanne's going to talk about this now. And then I'd be a bit like thrown when she didn't say it and things like that. And in some ways, then it, it made me sort of be able to have that picture in my head when I did close my eyes of, oh, this is what's going on the stage now. So it did sort of alter it that way. But I, I just found, as I said, all the comic stuff and all the kind of descriptions that they kind of then um, interject into the songs and finding the good placement. I just thought it was just incredible. Just It does level the playing field yeah. a lot. And certainly with, with comic moments, there are moments when, in, in certainly in other productions, I found that I would not have been able to find it amusing or understand mm. what the point of this was. It would have been quite isolating if I hadn't had somebody telling me and keeping me on the same loop as everyone mm. else so that I could feel that I was had equal enjoyment and I had equal understanding and mm. and that I could find it funny because I knew what was going on as opposed to thinking, oh, why is everyone laughing? That doesn't make any sense. Mm. I mean, it's perfectly fine if you don't find it funny yeah. and other people are laughing, but to not know and to feel that you've missed out, mm. um, that can be, can be quite difficult. Mm. Well, thank you so much for speaking to me today, Bridget. It's been so lovely chatting to you and just finding out more about Touch Tours and Audio Describe Performances. More information about our Touch Tours and Audio Describe Performances can be found on our website at www.cft.org.uk and we hope to see you all one soon. Have a lovely rest of your day, Bridget. 
You have been listening to the Chichester Festival Theatre podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have, please do like and rate our series on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud, or leave us a comment on our Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening.